Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Allison, and I'm so glad you're here to discover what brings out the best of you. This podcast is all about breaking free from painful patterns, mending the past, and discovering our true selves in God. I can't wait to get started as we learn together how to become the best version of who we are with God's help. If you're anything like me, you know the importance of eating healthy, but you don't always have the time or willpower to cook with all the colors of the rainbow. Organifi's superfood blends make it easy and enjoyable to add more variety and more nutrition to your day. These are delicious organic powders you can add to water or milk, stir with a spoon, and enjoy anytime for more energy, nutrition, or hormone balance. They're a great way to jumpstart your morning, energize your afternoon, or nourish your evening. I just tried the Organifi Pure. It tastes like delicious lemonade without all the sugar, and it supports mental clarity and cognitive performance. Adding it as part of my morning routine helps clear the morning brain fog and just makes me feel better. It makes me feel like I'm giving my body the nourishment, the antioxidants, the superfoods that it actually needs. And the best part about it is you can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank at less than $3 a day. Go to Organifi.com backslash best of you and use code best of you for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com backslash best of you and use code best of you for 20% off any item. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this series on Psychology Buzzwords, Listener's Choice Edition. These are the words you chose. I put out a poll and you voted. You let me know the topics that you're the most interested in. Today's topic is CPTSD, complex PTSD. And you're seeing this word a lot on social media, in articles. It's really kind of a newer concept. It really originated in the early 1990s. We'll get into that. And one of you really wisely and astutely pointed out to me, these aren't really buzzwords in the sense that, you know, a buzzword implies something like jargon that's trendy, that might be passing. These are very, very real terms. In fact, all of these terms in both of these series are not really buzzwords in the sense that they're very real, substantive, meaty terms. In fact, you guys wanted me to go into the deep end on this series, which I'm really excited about. But what I mean by that is simply that they are trending, right? These are words that we're hearing more and more and more. And so it's all the more important to understand them correctly because these are words that are describing really important powerful psychological concepts that a lot of people face. Now, these are not new concepts, right? People have dealt with trauma, toxicity, all these things we've been talking about since the dawn of time. But we've developed out of the field of psychology this new vernacular for describing a lot of these things. And I think we've gotten more accurate in how we describe these things. So it's so important to pause for a minute, and which is why I'm so glad you want me to talk about these and say, what are we really talking about here. Now, before we dive in, just a quick reminder, please sign up for my August webinar series. It's five toxic behaviors and how to protect yourself. I talk a lot in this episode about the importance of learning skills when there's been an absence of healthy parenting 
or when you've dealt with some painful events in your life. You need to learn skills. That's one aspect of healing. And that's one of the things I'm going to teach you in this webinar is I'm going to really focus on skills, scripts, communication strategies, practical ways to learn these new skills. To sign up for it, it's free when you pre-order my new book, The Best of You, which is also chock full of healing and skills. So pre-order the book. And then as my thank you to you for your early support, you get entered into this two-part webinar series in August. If you can't attend live, I will be sending out the recordings. So pre-order the book and then go to my website. It's drallisoncook.com backslash book to sign up for the webinars. You'll get everything emailed to you, including the recordings if you can't attend live. All right, so let's go ahead and dive in to what is CPTSD, or I may call it complex trauma for short because CPTSD is a lot of letters to say, and I will probably fumble over them if I keep trying to say them a lot. So we have to start this discussion with this idea of if there's a C, which is for complex, right before PTSD. And we touched on PTSD. What is PTSD? We touched on that in episode four on trauma, healing from trauma. PTSD is a diagnosis. It's in the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual that psychiatrists and psychologists use to diagnose folks. The PTSD diagnosis arose out of a lot of soldiers who were returning from war, right, which is a traumatic environment, a traumatic situation. These soldiers were returning home and experiencing night terrors, flashbacks, hypervigilance, which means this sort of your alert systems on high alert on all the time. Muscles are tense. You're, you might be reacting really, really quickly and, and with a certain amount of intensity to maybe minor things, but that's because your body is still in that fight flight state as a result of the trauma. We went through a lot of that in episode four on trauma. So you can go back to that episode and learn more about what we mean by PTSD. But the thing is, PTSD tends to be tied to a specific event, right? There's exposure to a, a death or a violence or maybe an injury, something happens that's traumatic and your body responds to that. And if you don't get the care that you need in that moment, we always talk about this on here. Trauma isn't just the result of being exposed to something awful. Trauma is the result of not getting the care you need after that exposure, right? Because your body can heal, but if you don't get the care that you need after that exposure to a traumatic event, those chemicals that course through that, you know, give you that fight flight response, that give you that adrenalized response that you need in the moment, stay in your body. And so you don't return, as we discussed last week, you don't return to that calm centered place. You may not even know what that feels like. And so that's what happens with PTSD. You're exposed to a trauma. You come home. All of a sudden, you're just supposed to be this normal person, but your body is like something terrible happened. And so your body is still responding in the current situation that maybe isn't traumatic based on how it was conditioned by this traumatic event in the past that never really got healed. Okay, so what does it mean to bring the complex into PTSD? What does it mean to move into C, P, 
PTSD. Okay, well, think about it this way. Maybe you're somebody who wasn't exposed to a one-time traumatic event. Maybe you were exposed to constant neglect as a child. Maybe you weren't cared for emotionally or physically. Maybe you were exposed to constant patterns of bullying or manipulation. Maybe you were raised by a caregiver who was addicted or mentally ill. And so there was just kind of a a constant environment around you of what I like to call a million tiny paper cuts. You know, maybe it wasn't one big event. Maybe it was a million tiny events that began to have an impact on your soul, on your body. And that's how I like to explain CPTSD, complex trauma, to the people I work with, is it's sort of like a million tiny paper cuts that create these wounds as opposed to one big gash. It's a chronic exposure, a pervasive exposure over time to pain, to being mistreated, to toxicity. And these traumatic events, when it comes to complex trauma, tend to happen in the context of interpersonal relationships, right? They tend to happen with our primary caregivers, but not only with our primary caregivers. They can happen throughout the course of our lives, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, with our peers, where we're exposed to just constant sort of paper cuts to the soul. And these early injuries affect the way that we develop. They affect our core sense of self, especially when no one comes in and guides us through them appropriately. Okay, because this physical and emotional pain of neglect or of being mistreated, these are often inflicted by our primary caregivers, by siblings, by teachers, by, you know, our school or church environments where we're misunderstood consistently or labeled or marginalized consistently, right? And so we start to take ourselves to be less than. We start to take ourselves to be not good enough. We start to develop an identity around this experience of constantly being mistreated or unseen or shoved aside. And this is what we mean by complex trauma. It's complex because it's woven into a lot of the different fibers of our being, maybe even every fiber of our being, right? Depending on how much care we got apart from these painful experiences. A recent survey found that seven in 10 parents get an average of just three hours of sleep a night in their baby's first year. Moms, you deserve to have quality sleep. And I know one thing that will help. It's Cozy Earth. You can discover the secret to better sleep with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products. And here's an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use code BESTOFYOU for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. 
Cozy Earth bedding products are crafted with temperature-regulating technology that adapts to your body's needs through all phases of motherhood. And they use only the very best fabrics, materials, and weaves, offering superior softness that invites you to sink into a world of comfort. The best part is Cozy Earth stands by the quality and longevity of their products. Enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all purchases. They're built to last through the hardest days and the longest nights. Treat yourself to ultimate comfort with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code BESTOFYOU for an exclusive 35% off. The luxury she deserves. Cozy Earth. Getting high-quality food and household essentials delivered right to my doorstep, whether it's my favorite Dave's Killer Bread, incredible wine, or seventh-generation cleaning supplies has been a game-changer for me. I love that Thrive Market only allows trusted, top-quality ingredients while restricting thousands of harmful ingredients like artificial flavors, high-fructose corn syrup, and more. And with just a few clicks, I can filter out ingredients that I don't want, like gluten or high-sugar content, making it so easy to find the items I need for my family. Best of all, when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash best of you for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash best of you. Thrivemarket.com slash best of you. Now, CPTSD is not an official diagnosis in the DSM yet, in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. It sort of builds on and expands on this idea of PTSD, on this idea of interpersonal relational trauma to say that, man, repeated exposure to pain and to wounds and to trauma during childhood leads to symptoms. And these symptoms are different than the symptoms we've categorized as PTSD. It's a different thing. And so here are some of those symptoms of what we're calling complex trauma. Number one, your emotions are affected. You may experience overwhelming emotions. In fact, you may find yourself almost regressing is a word that psychologists use or You'll have an emotion that feels like that 10-year-old inside of you that you might even be aware of. Like, I, I think I'm overreacting here, but all I know is I feel like that helpless, stuck child that I felt like in fifth grade. And so you feel like you have these big emotions and you don't know what to do with them. And this is, again, I want to reiterate, we talk about this a lot on this podcast. This isn't your fault, right? This is These emotions need your attention, their cues, their trailheads that maybe in the moment someone actually gave you a real paper cut, meaning maybe someone said something that wasn't super nice, but they really didn't mean major harm. Maybe your spouse was short with you, or maybe your spouse just didn't even have the perfect response to a need that you had in a moment, and you have this big emotional response as if that person just cut you to the core, right? And they're kind of confused because they're like, I I get it. I'm sorry that I didn't give you the exact right response, but you know I love you. You know I'm here for you. And you're kind of confused because you're like, I know. I I mean, I I know that. I, I don't know why I just exploded 
in that moment, right? That's an example. That's that's a symptom that there might be some complex trauma there, that there's big emotions inside of you from all the way back, a long tail back to the past. And they're coming out in this moment of a small infraction, you know, where just a normal human is being a normal human and not really trying to hurt you. But it it, it did hurt, but it, maybe it was little hurt, not major hurt, but you're exploding or reacting as if it was a major hurt because your body doesn't experience it as one little paper cut, one little hurt. Your body experiences it as a million and one paper cuts. And that one paper cut is building on a million over the course of your lifetime. And you just don't have any reserves. You don't have any tolerance. You don't have any reserves for it. And in fact, this person might even be safe. And so those emotions, that backlog of emotions feels like it can come out. Okay. So that's one example. Number two, a lot of shame comes with that. And the reason is you kind of know. You're like, why are my emotions so big? Why do I react in such a big way? What's wrong with me? I feel like there's something wrong with me. So that's shame comes into it. And shame can just be toxic and devastating and big when you've survived a lot of these micro traumas, a lot of these million paper cuts, this complex trauma. You feel a lot of shame because you feel like there's something wrong with you, right? And I want to say to you right now that shame, it's there. It came in as a result of your unhealed wounds. But the first thing you got to do is recognize shame for what it is. It's just shame. It doesn't have the real story that your beloved, that you've been through something really, really hard, that it's not your fault, right? So you've got to learn to identify that voice of shame and learn to not let it lead you or guide you or drive you. And we'll get more into that in episodes to come. Another example of something you might experience if you've been through this kind of complex trauma is deficits in attention or your your self-awareness even. And then also in your self-perception, your self-esteem, how you take yourself to be. And again, this gets at that idea of shame. You lose connection with that, that core sense of self of you know, I blew it in the moment, but I'm okay. I can reset. I can come back to home base. I fundamentally trust myself. And yeah, I can get off kilter. We all do. But there's that fundamental sense of self. Well, it's really hard if you've had this pervasive pattern of a million tiny paper cuts, right? Of CPTSD. It's really hard to connect to that core sense of self. And so there's a lot of shame. There's sort of a a lack of a healthy or even the way God sees you, right? And I'll get into that more in this episode, that, that there's a misguided sense of yourself, that there's something wrong with me. Why can't I just be like other people, right? Instead of saying, oh man, I've been through a lot. I respond in this way for a reason, You know, that there's a subtle shift there between what's wrong with me, which is beating yourself up, and wow, you know, there's this is a cue. There's some way that in which I respond to people that I need to get curious about. And then lastly, you may notice significant distress in how you show up in your relationships with other people. You might notice a lot of anxiety. You may notice fear 
of people leaving you. You may distrust yourself and your ability to be loved, your ability to love and receive love. You may have ideas about relationships like I, that are idealized, like I just, I just need that one safe person who will make everything okay because you don't know how to trust yourself or you may avoid people altogether. Nobody is trustworthy. I can't let people in, right? As opposed to this sort of healthy dependence, which is nobody's completely trustworthy, but I, I trust myself enough to know that I'll advocate for myself when I need to, you know, that I, I can go into a relationship and I can, I can notice when someone else isn't treating me right. And I know how to take care of myself. I know how to advocate for myself, right? There's that sense of self again. We're coming back to that sense of self that empowers you and equips you and gives you that confidence to know how to discern safety in other people and how to protect yourself when you bump up against toxicity. There's a self-trust there that is lacking, right? Because no one ever taught you how. Okay, so there's a lot to this CPTSD that we're not we're not going to get to all of this in this episode. In fact, next week, spoiler alert, we're going to go into attachment, which was another one of your top most requested topics because this all does relate very much into attachment. This is all interconnected. And you start to get a picture of this idea of what does it mean to be a healthy self? And that a healthy self means starting to heal from either these million tiny paper cuts or these big deep gashes or both, right? Could be both. And start to learn to heal that sense of self because that sense of self is what also allows you to heal your relationships. Now, paradoxically, healthy relationships bumping up against safety in other people helps you heal yourself. The two go hand in hand, and we're going to get into that, but all of this does get back into attachment. We'll go more into attachment next week. I want to just pause here and give a note about labels, okay? So in so many ways, what we're doing here with these words these diagnostic categories, these labels like PTSD, CPTSD, trauma, attachment wounds, you know, what we're doing is just trying to give names for pain, for wounds, for human suffering, right? And so maybe we used to say things like, oh, someone is sick. You know, in biblical times, there's so much about this person was sick. Well, were they physically ill? Were they mentally ill? Were they someone who had been wounded and abused and hurt by others? There was just different categories, different ways of labeling that, some much more stigmatizing than others, right? So right now, what we're trying to do in psychology is kind of get more clarity around these categories of behaviors. There's a reason that you're like this. And we can put this word around it, such as CPTSD, that says, listen, maybe you didn't have this major traumatic event. 
maybe you had a halfway normal family on the surface. Maybe other people looking inside at your family would be like, look, there's a mom, there's a dad, there's a sibling. You had your your needs met. You had dinner every night, right? It looks, quote unquote, normal on the outside. Who would describe that as, quote unquote, trauma? But on the inside of that family, there was this million tiny paper cuts, That could be criticism. It could be manipulation. It could be neglect. There could be so many different things. And I go into a lot of this again in my new book. My new book, The Best of You, really takes you through a lot of some of the key ways that these million tiny paper cuts occur. But the point is, you didn't get the nourishment, the the care that you needed. And so your sense of self isn't quite formed in the way that parts of you no, it could be. Okay. I want to recommend a book. It's a really great roadmap. It's a beautiful book. It's called Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving. It's by Pete Walker. And he really goes into this, this very detailed blueprint of CPTSD that I think could be really, really helpful for you if you resonate with some of the things I'm saying. What I want to just say again about labels is that no label is perfect. And you want to be careful about putting yourself in a box. Like we don't want other people to put us in boxes. You know, nobody wants someone else to say pigeonhole you or put you in a box. We also want to be careful about putting ourselves in boxes because any of these labels, we're we're hopefully improving the labels. I think it's healthier to say to somebody, you know what? You're showing signs of complex trauma. I think that's healthier to help someone understand themselves than saying some of these stigmatizing things from the past, right? Such as calling people mentally ill or disturbed, right? When no, in fact, your body is responding in an appropriate way to a lot of pain, to a lot of suffering. So I think these labels are improving. I still think we want to just be careful because they're not all of who we are, right? These are descriptions of your experience of pain, of your experience of suffering, and they're important to get right, right? But you are more than a diagnostic label. You are. You are. These descriptions are important, and also you are still a beautiful soul made in God's image. Your soul can heal. It may take a lifetime, right, depending on the level and severity of the trauma you've been through, but your soul is beautiful. And even this story of trauma that that you're learning to understand about yourself, and, and if this diagnostic category is helpful for you to go, oh, I think that fits me. I think my trauma was complex, right? It was a an exposure to a whole lot of different things over a period of time that's still describing your experience. It's not the sum total of who you are. You're still a beautiful soul made in the image of God, full stop, right? That's who you are. You're a child of God. You're a beautiful soul, right? And this diagnostic category, this label can help you understand why you show up in the world in certain ways, why you show up in relationships in certain ways, why certain emotions seem to take you over, why you struggle so much with shame, why it's hard for you to trust a spouse that is in fact trustworthy, you know, why it is hard for you, why you want to run away when you know what you really need to do is have that hard conversation, right? These help us understand the why of those things, but they don't ultimately define your core self. 
Okay. So I want to just briefly touch on how we understand this idea of complex trauma biblically. Well, here's the thing. We are holistic people. We're mind, body, heart, soul, right? We're complex people, to use that word again, complex. And so there's not a one-size-fits-all to becoming the people that God made us to be. And oftentimes in faith communities, we focus in on the spiritual. And that makes sense, right? Because these are faith communities. These are spiritual communities. There's nothing wrong with focusing in on the spiritual in a faith community. But I think what's happening, and I'm going to do a whole nother episode on this because you guys asked this great question, so many of you, and it's worthy of like a whole series, not just a bullet point in an episode. But this idea of what is the difference between trauma over here and what I keep hearing about as like sin, sin nature over here in my faith community. And I'm going to do a whole whole thing on that because it's just such a important question. But for today's purposes, what I want to say is this, is in our faith communities, in the best of a faith community, right? There's toxic faith communities for sure. But in the best of a faith community, you're going to hear spiritual solutions, you know, We can go to God to know that we're loved. We can pray, right, right. These are spiritual solutions and there's nothing wrong with that. They're real. They're real. Research shows that prayer, that being part of faith communities, that understanding a loving God is helpful to our mental health. Here's the problem. We're not only spiritual beings, right? Our bodies are affected by trauma. Our thought life is affected by trauma. Our emotions are affected by trauma. And so we need spiritual solutions and we also need psychological solutions. We need physiological solutions. We need emotional solutions, right? We need a whole toolkit of solutions. So that's not to say that spiritual solutions don't have some corner on what we need as humans to heal. They do but they're only one part of the story. And so, you know, just to give you a teaser where I land on that when it comes to being sort of a trauma-informed faith community is, I don't know that faith communities have to become therapists, right? But I do think it's confusing for folks because we're starting to understand all this from psychology, right? We're starting to understand, wait a minute, there's a reason I lash out, right? And I don't want to lash out. And I know it's not how God wants me to be, But there's a reason I do it, and it's because of this trauma, right? It's because I have this fight-flight response that I can't control. It doesn't necessarily let me off the hook, but there's also a reason for it so I can have compassion for myself, right? So what we need to begin to do is help faith communities understand. Let's approach things spiritually. Let's also leave room for the psychology, for the physiology of human behavior. They're not incompatible, They go hand in hand, but I will say this, the root of all healing, whether it's spiritual, physiological, psychological, emotional, is compassion, is compassion. We don't heal in the context of shame and judgment. We heal in the context of compassion. We change in the context of compassion. So this idea of sin and missing the mark and trauma I'm going to circle back to that, but I do want to just pause and say understanding the reasons why you act the way that you do, right? 
understanding those reasons why you might have developed a substance abuse issue or why you have an anger management issue or why you avoid relationships or why, as we discussed last week, you constantly people please, you fawn. Understanding why helps you show compassion for yourself. And it's how I believe God shows up with us. It's not that God says, that's great that you do that. Keep doing it, right? That's not it. But it's that God comes alongside you and says, yeah, I get it. Of course you do this thing. Of course, there's a reason. There's no shame in the way God puts his finger on those areas of our lives that need healing. There's compassion. So we name it without shame. And it doesn't mean we get to say, well, I'll just always be this way. It means we say, oh, I've got to go on a journey of healing. And that healing may take a long time. And we start to talk about it differently. We might say, yeah, I do. I struggle with uh, anger and I may lash out at you. And I'm sorry when I do. Here's why I do that. It doesn't make it okay. And I want you to know that I'm working on it. But I just also want you to understand where I'm coming from in my story. Right? We have these stories to tell. And these stories are a big part of who we are. All right, just to wind up here, I want to touch on a few ways that we heal from CPTSD. Number one, we have to establish a sense of safety, both in ourselves, right? And this starts with self-compassion. This starts with naming, I've been through a lot in my life. I've got to stop beating myself up. I've got to stop blaming myself. I have to start getting curious about all these paper cuts that have become my soul, (laughs) about the pain of what sometimes feels like a shredded soul. And I've got to stop minimizing that. And I've got to start saying, Lord, this is what I see. Help me take that first step. And then we got to find safety with God because God doesn't shame us. I already said that, but I'm going to say it again. God says, I know. I know what you've been through. I've seen it. I was there with you, even though you maybe didn't feel me there with you. It's okay. It's not too much for me. It's not too much for me. I'm with you. And then we also need to reestablish safety in relationships. And that doesn't mean finding this safe, mythical unicorn, right? That just magically makes us feel better, which we get duped by because sometimes that person shows up and we're like, oh, they are wonderful, but no one human being can be that safe. They're going to let us down. So what I mean by finding safety in another person is another person who's honest, is another person who can hold space for you as you say, I need you to know that my soul's feeling kind of shredded. I've been through a lot. And I'm doing my best to heal, but every once in a while, these things will happen. You'll see me kind of fold into a shame spiral. You might see me run away. You might see me doubt you when you haven't done anything that's untrustworthy. And I just need you to know that. And then here's what a safe person does. A safe person does says, I see you and that's okay. I'll hold space for you. And guess what? Here's the wounds I bring to the table. They don't offer to be your rescuer. A safe person doesn't say, I'll rescue you, right? A safe person says, I see you and I love you. And guess what? I'm going to bring some of my own wounds to the table. And so together, let's honor each other. 
let's hold space for each other because as we do that, we will heal together. Because as the old adage, and it's a cliche, but it's so true, says, shared sorrow is half the sorrow. When you could share your pain with someone else who sees you and they don't set themselves up as your rescuer, as your healer, but instead they come alongside you and say, I know, I get it. I see you. I'm not afraid. I honor those parts of you. And guess what? I've got some of my own and we can honor each other in this. That is how you begin to establish safety in relationships. Continuing through here, as far as healing, you have to begin to pay attention to painful thoughts and emotions. And this is the topic of my book, Boundaries for Your Soul, where we walk you through a process. It's based on an evidence-based model of therapy, IFS. You can find an IFS therapist, but you walk through a process of really learning to connect to big emotions, connect to overwhelming thoughts or thoughts that may not be serving you, may not be telling you the truth. And there's a method for this. This is a process. This doesn't happen in a one-time zap of the wand. And so this is a process depending on how much you struggle with overwhelming emotions and with painful thoughts, get a therapist, right, to help you with that. Another model of therapy I've talked about on here that is really helpful with this is EMDR. EMDR gets at a lot of the body component of this learning how to find safety in your nervous system. Again, another part of healing from CPTSD is grief work. There's grief in recognizing what was lost. There's grief in realizing that you didn't get the care that you needed and that had an impact on you. You know, there's grief in that. Sometimes we don't want to face that. We'd rather minimize because it's too painful to face the grief that, man, if I'd had the care that I needed, I wouldn't have to be going through this. And there can be anger in that too. So get help, get support for that portion of this. But there is some grief work in healing. Next, there are skills that you have to build. There are some skills. You can learn skills about like how to communicate on behalf of your experience, how to identify emotions, right? And communicate on behalf of them, how to set healthy boundaries as opposed to fighting or fleeing, right? How to have healthy and courageous conversations with other people, how to establish trust with yourself. There's some skills you can learn. Again, a lot of those skills are what I go through in my book, The Best of You. But all of this, establishing safety, reconnecting to thoughts and feelings, grieving, and then learning new skills. Guess what? It's hard work. It's a journey. But you begin to become this amazing person. And it's so exciting and so life-giving as you begin to see progress. And you start to see this new life that you're creating because it's never too late. I mean, listen, As people of faith, we believe the soul lives forever. So we've got forever, you know, to live as these new healed and healing people. So it's never, ever too late to start healing because we've got forever to continue that process and to become the whole people that God made us to become. So Listen, we've got so much more to go into. And I look at next week's episode on attachment, really a sort of part two of this conversation. And we'll continue on with deeper and deeper layers of this, especially this piece about how we deal with kind of this idea of sin coming from faith communities and trauma coming from psychology. 
in future episodes. But for now, please just remember that you are not your diagnosis. You are not your worst day. You are not your pain, right? You are a beautiful soul doing the hard, brave work of healing. And that's the best of you. That is the best of you for today. The best of you says, one more step. That's all I've got to take. And I'm so proud of myself for just that tiny step that I took today. Thank you for being here. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Best of You. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources and links mentioned in the show. You can find those on my website at drallisoncook.com. That's Allison with one L, cook.com. Before you forget, I hope you'll follow the show now so that you don't miss an episode. And I'd love it if you'd go ahead and leave a review. It helps so much to get the word out. I look forward to seeing you back here next Thursday. And remember, as you become the best of who you are, You honor God, you heal others, and you stay true to your God-given self.